Please do turn with me tonight to the book of Numbers, two weeks in a row that we've taken our message in the evening from the book of Numbers, this time from chapter 32, Numbers 32 and verse 23. This is a well-known text, one which I think a good many, even non-churchgoers, have heard or at least a part of it. It has become a proverb. Numbers chapter 32 and verse 23. Our subject tonight is the discovery, the rude awakening of sin. Let me read this text. Numbers 32 and verse 23. But if ye will not do so, behold... Ye have sinned against the Lord, and be sure, your sin will find you out. I'm sure this has become a proverb. Most people may not know where it's from, but it's become a proverb because it's true. It's true in life, it's true in the spiritual realm, and I know that deep down many know its truth. That's why so many verses stick in the mind. Be sure your sin and my sin will find you out. Well, the problem is that we don't heed its lesson. Its truths are so simple. It speaks, as we shall consider, of three certainties. Oh, what an uncertain time. We live in. We have a poster on the bookstall and it says truth for uncertain times. And that's what we want to preach and what we want to declare and tell others about what an uncertain time we have tonight. We don't know who the Prime Minister will be in a month's time. We don't know. What will happen to interest rates? Will they keep going up? The cost of debt, the cost of living become unbearable for so many, sadly. We don't know when the war in Ukraine will end. People are beginning to talk about nuclear weapons. Again, China, Taiwan, Russia, Ukraine, I don't have a view on that, but it just causes uncertainty. So we turn to the Word of God, of course, and we look for certainties. There is another proverb. This isn't in the Bible. The proverb goes something like this. There is only two certainties in life. There's some truth in this, not completely. They say you have to pay your taxes. That's one. Well, that's not entirely true. Some years ago in Greece, the government that struggles to collect tax, it's one of the worst governments in the world, they struggle to collect the tax because so many of the rich Greek people, they own a big proportion of the shipping fleet across the world and they register their ships all over. Well, that's not for now. But... 
the government thought, what a good idea, we'll catch them. They've all got swimming pools in their back gardens. Let's have not a poll tax or a council tax, let's have a swimming pool tax. Only one in 20 homeowners owned up. And it was just at that time when Google had the cameras above the earth and they looked down on Athens and they saw 20 times more swimming pools than the people had owned up to. And so the people thought they could get away and not pay their taxes. So that's only partly true. The second part of that proverb is you've got to pay your tax and one day will die. Well, that's, that's true. People think that cryogenics and the secret source to deal with aging can enable us to live forever. But I don't think so. Well, there's three certainties I want to cover tonight. They're contained or implied in this text. The certainty, number one, is that all of us are sinners. I will try to prove that to you, but it needs almost no proof. The second one is, eventually, people will find if you have sinned. Just like they found out if there was a swimming pool in your back garden. The third certainty, we've sinned, will be discovered, one day that sin will be punished. And it must be punished. About that there's absolutely no doubt. Your sin, my sin, will be punished. The question is only, who will bear the punishment? Will it be me? Or will it be my Saviour? Well, let's look at the first tonight. The context we won't spend long on the context because this is one of those verses that I think we can take with some justification out of context because it stands on its own two feet. But the context is of the children of Israel. Verse 1, chapter 32. Now the children of Reuben and Gad, and they were going to be joined by the half-tribe of Manasseh, they had many sheep and cattle. And the children of Israel were going on their journey, the 40-year journey. They came to a piece of land, and they thought this would be good for the sheep, good for the cows, good for the animals. And they decided, we want to stay here. The other tribes, they followed the Lord. They knew they had to fight. So Moses sees Reuben and Gad and his heart is grieved again. Not for the first time these people become very lazy. Verse 6, Moses said to the children of Gad and to the children of Reuben, Shall your brethren go to war? And ye sit here making your life comfortable? making your cattle and your wealth grow, and the other tribes go and fight and obey the Lord God. This was not the first time 
Verse 7, Wherefore, discourage ye the heart of the children of Israel from going over into the land which the Lord God hath given. Thus did your fathers, you've done it before, Kadesh Barnea. And so the Lord says to Moses, they must be punished. They're lazy. They're good for nothing. They're disobedient. And they knew better. They knew that was not God's plan. God's plan was to fight, to destroy the wicked nations that were round about. And they were to go up to the land flowing with milk and honey, where Joshua and Caleb had brought back those enormous grapes from Eshgol, the valley of Eshgol. Will they be punished? The Lord's anger is kindled, verse 10. He was angry again. In verse 11 he says, Nobody over the age of 20 that came out of Egypt will go to the promised land except for two. Oh, there will be mercy for them. But there was another way. Verse 13, the Lord's anger was kindled against Israel. But there was another way. Verse 15, if, if, that little word, that's the word for us tonight. In that word, if, is grace and mercy. Speaking of Christ, if ye turn away from after him, he will yet again leave them in the wilderness, and ye shall destroy all this people. And they came near unto him and said, We will build our sheepfolds for our cattle and our cities and for our little ones, but we ourselves will go ready armed. He gave them another way, and in mercy he allowed the women and the children to stay in the land if the men would go and fight, and the Lord would be gracious to them. Well, that's the context. The Lord was gracious to them. Grace and mercy, that's always God's way. He always gives Another opportunity. There's still time. He digs around the tree. One more year. A bit more time. Oh, the great problem that we have. Well, let's look at the first of these certainties. The certainty, it says in this verse, if you will not do so, if you won't fight, if you stay with the women and the children, verse 23 Behold, you have sinned. Well, that's certain, isn't it? We have sinned. Let's just think of our sin. Think of your words, my words. In an average day, 10,000 words, how many of them come out wrongly? How many of them are unkind, too loud? disturbing somebody that's having a conversation and your words take over. How many times do we pollute 
The atmosphere with unkind words, unfair words, proud words, hurtful words. In the letter of James, he says, If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man. If you never use a word wrongly, in the wrong way, at the wrong volume, you're a perfect man or woman. The problem is, we can't control the tongue. That's just the words. What about our thoughts? Thousands, tens of thousands of thoughts in just one day. How many of them are hurtful and bitter? Angry? Resentful? Oh, I wish I didn't have to submit. I wish I didn't have to work, study, pay my tax. Wish I didn't have to clean up the kitchen, tidy my room, look after the grandchildren, care for the neighbor, make that visit. Oh, I wish. Thoughts, thoughts. Are they as clean and pure as they should be? Jealous thoughts? Think of the Ten Commandments. Do you know we can break every one of the Ten Commandments just with our thoughts? I wish. I desire. I lust. I want. Thoughts. What about the things we do with our hands? Where our feet go? And they shouldn't go. And the things we do with the wrong motive and action. What about just what we are? Our very essence is like a fountain which is impure, gushing up impure waters. Do you know we don't have to try to sin, do we? It comes naturally. We became habitual sinners from a very early age we sinned we learned the habit of sinning and it's so much easier to start than to stop sinners oh yes we are sinners when Moses through the Lord stirring him says ye have sinned are you going to argue with that? Is anybody here claiming tonight, I've never sinned? I'm a perfect man? I don't think so. And if anybody claims to put up their hand tonight and say, I've never sinned, I'll just ask your family. Or the person that sits next to you at work. Or your boss. Sure, somebody will give an account they perhaps don't want to. We've all sinned. And you know our consciences record it? And just as we read in that psalm, they weigh us down. They keep us awake at night. Have you ever been kept awake at night because of something you've done that day? Oh, I shouldn't have said that. Shouldn't have done that. Shouldn't have looked at that. Conscience like bones burning. That's the picture in the Psalms. 
God's word tells me I'm a sinner. God's verdict is I'm a sinner. Why does every country in the world have a police force, have a legal system to try to suppress evil? Are you right-handed or left-handed, right-footed or left-footed tonight? Which one are you? doesn't really matter, does it? But I'll tell you this. Usually, we have a dominant hand or a dominant foot. Do you know the dominant characteristic of my life is that I'm a sinner? That's what God's word says, our dominant characteristic. Ye have sinned. This isn't popular, is it, today? You won't walk in many churches tonight and you hear a text like this, you have sinned. We don't like it. Give me smooth words, easy words. Sometimes we have to turn to a word like this, ye have sinned against the Lord. That's the first certainty. What's the second one? That's bad enough, isn't it? Can I get away with it? Will I be the one that escapes? Perhaps nobody will know. Perhaps I can cover it up, camouflage it. Perhaps I can blame somebody else. It was my parents' fault. They didn't bring me up properly. I had a bad dad. I had a mother that was never there. No, my friends, we're all accountable. We're all responsible for everything that we do and say and think and are. We can't make excuses. Alibis won't work. The problem is, this is what the text literally means. Your sin, my sin, will come and find you. Literally, that's what it means. But if you will not do so, be sure your sin will come and discover you and find you. It's like a boomerang. You try and throw it away. It just comes back again. The haunting memory of sin. The light turns on. You see what the robber's done. I've never had this happen to me. If you go into your bedroom and somebody's burgled, the drawers are all open. You put the light on. And there, the clothes, everything all over the room. The sin is discovered. The tide goes out. You see the shore underneath. The daylight dawns. You see the empty beer cans from the night before, the bottles that have been drunken. Oh no, there's no hiding. We thought we could get away with it. Do you know, I don't like to talk about this, nearly every murder gets solved. The murderer gets found, not always within their life, but nearly always the evidence is there. Somebody saw, the DNA was left behind, 
The evidence was discovered under the floorboards. The discovery is made. Be sure your sin will find you out. Let's think of examples from the Bible. Joseph, 24 years, his brother's sin, trying to murder him, deal with him, get rid of him. They thought it was hidden. Their father didn't know anything about it. He assumed he was dead. What a rude awakening when the brothers see Joseph, our own brother. And now our father knows. What about that reading we had earlier? Every time I read that chapter, 2 Samuel 12, David, you are the man. It was you. This was just an elaborate parable to explain, to get your conscience to feel what you've done in adultery, in murder, in cover-up, in lies. You're the man. Doesn't that haunt you? Do you know there's some words in the word of God, they just come like a thunderbolt. Be sure your sin, my sin, will find you out. I was on jury service ten years ago. It was the third time. You're not supposed to give too many details, so I'll try and avoid that. But there was a young man in the dock and he was accused of being a drug dealer. You don't know what a person's done in the past, but he claimed complete innocence, denial. His defense lawyer stood up and said he's done nothing. He had this alibi and that alibi. But you know, his mobile phone was tracked to ten locations where drug dealing was done and busted. And there was a terrible crime done at some of them. He had no more excuses. His phone was the only one that matched ten locations. The GPS matched his phone. The evidence was compelling. And he was sentenced for ten years for the crime that he had done. Oh, today it's so difficult to cover up sin. Forensics once went to a laboratory where forensics were uncovered. Astonishing. What tiny little bits of evidence can unearth an astonishing trail leading to the person who is the criminal. Oh, but if it's done in secret, surely I'll get away with it. No, be sure your sin will find you out. That's the second certainty. Well, that's bad enough. I'm a sinner. My sin will be discovered. But the worst of all is that we will be punished. God has to punish sin. He's a just, he's a 
holy, holy, holy God. He's so pure. No eyes have ever set sight upon Almighty God. Only a glimpse of the light that shines around him has ever been seen by mortal eyes. No, we know our sin will be exposed. One day, somebody will be punished. The wages of sin is death. The gift of God is eternal life. You see, somebody is willing to bear the punishment for my sin. Somebody is willing to say, I'll go, I'll stand, I'll be punished instead of you. Will you go to him? Will you ask him to take your punishment? Do you know at funerals people believe all sorts of strange things? The days of a funeral... You get all the Beatles music comes out, favorite song for this. Grandma loved that song. That was the one when she danced and this, that and the other. And then the wings grow and she's in heaven. She's in heaven. She's now looking down, smiling on all the grandchildren. And all her sin is forgotten. All the terrible things that she did, lying about this and that and the other, she's grown wings. She's flying up in the sky. What nonsense! The Word of God says, Ye have sinned. Your sins will be discovered. And one day, somebody must bear the punishment. There's no growing wings. There's no God is God of love. Everybody will be forgiven. One day, he'll just relent. He'll open the doors wide and anybody can come in. No, no, no. The word of God is so clear. There is a division. Sheep and goats, darkness and light, foolish people, and the fools who've seen their foolishness. What about you, my friends? These people had a choice, didn't they? Go and fight, obey God, turn to him, or live with the cattle in the fields. Just turn with me to Psalm 10, our closing thought tonight. Psalm 10, there's an interesting text here that really reflects the whole of this message. Psalm 10 and verse 11. This is what the fool says. This is what people say at funerals when they don't believe God's word. This is what they say. Psalm 10 verse 11. He hath said in his heart, God hath forgotten. He hideth his face. He will never see it. My sin, your sin. God will forget. God didn't see it. 
He'll hide his face. Don't worry. There's no consequences for sin. We all know that's wrong. We all want the murderer to be found. The robber to be caught. And you know the sinner will be discovered. The discovery of sin. Oh, may this verse speak to us tonight. Be sure, your sin, my sin, will be discovered. Here's the answer. Go and beg the Lord Jesus Christ to take your punishment, your righteous punishment, your just punishment. Ask him to take it instead of you. If you will come to him, he promises eternal life for all who will repent. We are certainly sinners. Your sin will certainly be discovered and your sin will be punished. Or would it be the Lord Jesus to take your punishment tonight because you go to him? Confess your sin. Acknowledge that you're a sinner and turn, repent, turn from your sin. Let's pray together. Our gracious God and Father, we're thankful for these black and white verses that stand out in our mind. Be sure, oh help us to put this at the front of our mind. Give us no peace until we've turned to our God and ask him for forgiveness. We pray this now in Jesus' name.